Okay, so the, the title of this session then is Commissioning Editors, What They Want in a Pitch. Um, my name is Bernie Dewan, I'm the emergency filler-inner for Bernie O'Flaherty, who, who couldn't be here today. So um, I'm all mixed up and I'm going to try my best. Okay, so can I first, in, well I'll introduce you initially to, to Gillian Bulger and to Leslie Ann Horgan. Now, we'll start with Gillian. Okay, so Gillian is um, she's a freelance editor, she's an award-winning journalist, she specialises in food and travel features, she um, contributes to the Irish Independent Weekend magazine, the Sunday Business Post magazine, Image magazine, and you have been editor of Irish Brides since 2006. Have I got all that right? Is there anything you want to add to that? No, just, just that Irish Brides changed its name last month to the Vow. <laughs> oh, the Vow? Yeah, oh. very confusing. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Vow. Okay, that's why I'm still getting used right. to it myself. Okay, great. That's all correct, yeah. Okay, now, Leslie, Leslie Ann Horgan is the editor of Weekend Magazine at the Irish Independent, and before this, um, she worked in the Irish Daily Mail, where she held positions, the position of assistant editor. Um, so she's worked across news, the newspaper suite of features, products, as well as contributing as a columnist, features writer, and reviewer. So is there anything not, you'd like to add to that? Not award winning, unfortunately, though. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so commissioning editors then, and how to pitch to them. Sure, look, if we all knew that would be grand. <laughs> so, uh, Gillian, would you like to start, please? Hi, guys. Okay, tell, us, tell us what you want in a pitch. I'm going to start with something really basic, and you wouldn't believe the amount of times this doesn't happen. Pitch your story to a human being, a person with a name. Hi there doesn't cut it. Good morning, a bit more polite, doesn't cut it. You know, the amount of pitches across a desk, I, I work across two quarterly magazines and I also uh, do uh, contract work on other uh, titles, say if Ireland's bringing out a lifestyle magazine, I edit, edit things like that. So I wouldn't get the volume of pitches that, that Leslie Ann would on a weekly, but if, I'm sure you, you probably agree we see, we see the same things all the time. Well, I, I guess I'd add to that, if you're going to pitch it to a human being, get their name right. Yeah. I am <laughs> Louise, I am Lisa, I am Lindsay, I am Leslie Spence, everyone has done. And it, it's, it's a vanity thing, obviously, because I'm like, it's not my name. Mm -hmm. But more, you first you open it and you go, well, they've got the very first detail wrong. Yeah, and it's a turn off. You know, when the, the volume of emails I'm getting between, I guess, 150, 250 emails a day. Obviously, those aren't all pitches, but within that, there'll be a significant number of pitches, and I only have time to sort of scan and thing and top line if, if my name is wrong. And, and, and also, you know, if you're pitching a new organisation that you don't have any connection with, don't send your email to an info at address. That's not going to get to the editor you want. It's, it's not going to get anywhere, frankly. So you need to do your research. And also remember, and it's really, you know, Twitter is brilliant now and LinkedIn because they're up to date. Don't uh, think, oh, oh, I met that girl on a no she at magazine because there's quite a high turnover in media and especially in a big organisation like, like the Independent, there's a lot of moving around jobs. So you can simply just ring up reception and ask. Yeah. Our emails are all publicly available. They're all very different combinations of name, dot, uh, yeah. letter, dot. So there's no standard formula. When I was freelancing, I was trying to pitch on just the amount of bounce backs, and then eventually I, you know, I'm, I'm phone phobic, but I eventually pick up the phone and get through to reception and say, 
Hi, I'm trying to contact your features editor. What's their name? Oh, What's their email address? And and the, you know, they're, they're, we're looking for stories. We're looking for pitches. So we're not going to say don't contact us. But the reality is, you work in a, in a, in a large organisation. So I work in much smaller magazines. And the idea of receptionists with email addresses is a novelty. <laughs> I'm, I'm an isolated person working from home. I don't always have people to feed, feel to those kind of calls. But I don't ever have a problem with with a phone call coming through or people DMing you on Twitter even and saying, "Is this the person I want to send a pitch? Are you the person I send it to?" But you know that's going to take you 10 minutes to do it completely ups your chances of getting the attention of the person that you want and if you want to write a pitch properly which I'll get to in a minute you're only wasting your own time if you put the effort into crafting the pitch and then it goes into a, an account that it's never, <coughs> never going to get read in um, the next after the name and the correct person I would say it is so important to nail your subject line that is so important so Liliana told me she gets over 150 emails a day. So if you think, it's almost a headline you're writing, your story, your idea, that's what's going to have to capture the editor's attention. And this is probably more, more relevant for you, Liliana, but target a particular section. So this specifically across newspapers, you know, if, if you have an interest in a specific area or if you come across an idea for a story you don't think you've, you've uh, read anywhere else, Go find out who, who's the person that you should submit it to. And likewise, also think, well, they have an environmental correspondent. Maybe they're not going to take my story. So do your, do your homework. Find out who covers that beat, whose area that is. Do they all also commission or do they have the whole thing sewn up internally? Yeah. I'd say, for me, probably the most important thing that I get in a pitch is knowing the product. Um, I, I find that I get... An, for instance, Weekend Magazine would have a, an older demographic where a Saturday TV listings magazine has been around since the year dot. Um, our demographic would be 55 plus. We have a, a very unusual male to female 50-50% split, which is great in terms of you know the breadth of what we can cover. Um, some of the magazines would be much more heavily female skewed, so it's brilliant having sort of a wide open subject matter. But you know, basic parenting tips what are what are constantly pitched to me. Um, and that tells me, first of all, that people don't read the magazine, have never seen it, don't know what we're about, don't know who we're about. Um, and also, it, it is a waste of their time mm. to kind of put together what is essentially probably a very good pitch. You send it in, I get it, I say, I'm sorry, we don't cover this area. And you go, oh, my idea was rubbish, and you never pitch it anywhere yeah, else, which yeah. is a shame. So I, I think the reason I turn down, 90% of the pitches that I turn down are because they're actually aimed at the wrong product. And for me, I don't really have the time to start sending out copies of the magazine and telling people, you know, read it. You need to be familiar. You need to be reading all products. If you're pitching to any magazines, if you're pitching, uh, you know, in the glossies, and that, there are points of difference, and they all have them. And that doesn't mean that each place won't have a kind of a crossover, but you need to find their point of difference. For instance, working in the Irish Daily Mail and now working in the Irish Independent are two very different takes on the same subject matter. Mm. In the Irish Daily Mail, it is very, very people-focused. So if you want to tell me a story about a new business or a, you know something that's happening, you need to find me a photogenic family who are willing to have their photo taken, who are willing to tell me their story, and they tell it solely through the people. It's always done that way. For the Irish Independent, it would be much more um, expert-led. We have a lot of you know, a psychologist's take on it, a financial advisor's take on it. Um, obviously, the, the case studies within it as well, but 
you know, the more you can refine a pitch, and it's the same idea, and you can pitch it three or four different ways to different people. And, and frequently, I will take something that's already been used in a glossy, but approached in, in a way that's more relevant to my readers. So I'm taking a piece at the moment on a, a kind of 44-year-old Snapchat addict, and it's a really great piece. And she's written about her Snapchat addiction before for glossies in a kind of fun, snappy way. For me, she's having to explain to the reader what Snapchat is and why you're not too old to be using it. So. It's, it's for me, I, I genuinely think the very most important thing is knowing the product. And mm -hmm. I'd say, as an addition to that, if you're going to pitch on a Monday, read the papers on Saturday. Um, very good, yeah. I have been many, many times pitched something that I've run a day or two before. And that again, it's just, it's a little bit frustrating. I don't expect people to have read my magazine cover to cover for months and months and months. But I do find that maybe in the week previous, if you just take a look at it, so that you're not pitching something we've just done, um, because it, it, it's a waste of everybody's time. Um, I certainly would be willing to give guidance. So when I get a pitch in, I'm going to go, okay, well, look, we ran something similar to this a few months ago, but here's maybe how we could update it, or here's a celebrity thing that I've seen that we can tie in, or here's a, you know, a new angle on it. I'm very willing to work with people on it. Most yeah. editors are really willing to, you know, it's not just give us your idea and then give us the piece. We, Certainly, there's an awful lot of back and forth, as you've probably learned to your cost. Yeah, um, a lot of back and forth to get the idea right. I have written for and do hopefully continue writing <laughs> for Leslie Ann as well. So I've, I've, I'm the person who's pitched to, to her as well. Um, I, I suppose another point is there's not a lot of room for um, <laughs> humility when you're freelancing. So I would say to you, sell yourself. The volume of pitches coming in, you know, what makes you different? But not just what makes you different, what makes you the right person for the story? So I think what <coughs> makes think about it is why now? Why why should the story run now? And why you? Why are you the person to write that story? So what's really great is if you can peg your story on something, maybe it's a news story, maybe it's an event coming up, maybe it's some statistics that have come out in a report, you know, make make it relevant to you know, you could have a story. Oh God knows, I've pictures on my on my um, Mac at home that that maybe I'd written in 2018. But once you find the the news that may, maybe, I mean, everyone seems to be using God the royal the royal engagement as the peg of the century. Would you agree? Yeah. And, the, and certainly the PR agencies, every press release comes in three, is linked to three roast chicken recipes coming up next week based on oh, the fact that they proposed over. Okay, roast chicken. Like that, you're running it. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Yeah. Endless appetite. <laughs> yeah, there there seems to be an endless appetite for the royals. But yeah, peg peg your story on something because it's the difference. Let's say two of you came up with an idea for a story, and yours is just a generic. I think we should do roast chicken. And somebody else goes, would you do roast chicken because uh, he, pro he proposed over roast chicken dinner? That's the story that's of more interest. So wh why now? Why, why should the story run now? And why are you the person to write it? So that means if you're writing to an editor and they don't know you from Adam, uh, without, we don't want life stories. We don't have time for bios in, in a pitch. But, but say, <coughs> if you have a love of a subject or uh, a not expertise or a unique a unique experience with a subject um, put that in email say I'm interested in this or, or here's the story idea and um, I have had first-hand experience of this I have a family member who's done this or I've just done a course on this tell the you know sell yourself don't be afraid to sell yourself I'm the person for the job and and that's the difference maybe between getting the commission and not so just put it out there that you can trust me with this because 
I'm safe hands and maybe I have a vested interest or maybe I just have that bit more experience than maybe one of your staffers. You might think this is a great idea and could be someone for your staffers out, but they mightn't have, have any, any expertise on it. So I, I, would you agree, Sally, yourself? I, I do up to a point. I mean, having an expertise or a unique take is, is fantastic. And even if your expertise is that my dad works there. So, you know, uh, anything that gives you a bit of an insight. Um, I get an awful lot of pitches where people don't actually pitch to me, they just pitch themselves. Um, and they say, hi, I'm Mary, I'm a great writer, you should give me work. Be <laughs> <laughs> down and go, where are your ideas? And I don't get ideas. And, and I would, as a matter of course, come back to them and say, great, could you pitch me three ideas? And I'll never hear from them again. And so I would say, pitch something, pitch an idea. It doesn't matter how silly it is. You appreciate, you know, as an editor, you appreciate that there's somebody putting an idea or putting something they're interested in there as opposed to just saying. And I get emails all the time um, from people I know as well just going, do you have any work? Like, do you have any ideas? This is generally the, the answer back. So. It was yeah. decent enough for you to, to reply to that well, email. Yeah. Really nice. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I know. It, it, but I mean, I... I've been a freelance, I've pitched, it's hard, it's hard to not get a reply. Um, the other thing that's worth saying is that all editors are really busy, um, resources are, are kind of at a premium at the moment, um, particularly your hours are long, you're busy doing much things, so you know, if you don't get an answer back to a pitch, don't be discouraged by that. Um, I am renowned for not answering my emails for quite some time, but I do try and go back to them, so that doesn't mean that your idea wasn't good, it can mean that somebody saw it and went, oh that's good, I'll come back to that, and never did. And, you know, I'm working on a, a magazine that comes out week by week, but we're planning six to eight weeks in advance and months in advance beyond that. So I kind of might have seen your idea and thought it was good. And then I'm thinking, oh, that'll be great in the spring. And I'll remember to come back to it. And it might be while well, I, I emailed a girl. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I emailed a girl about a pitch that she sent. And it turned out she'd sent it a year previously. <laughs> and I had somehow changed the date on my emails <laughs> and been like, oh, that pitch you sent me last week. And she's like, actually, that was last year. But she's since written, I think, about 50 things for me. So oh it, it worked God. out very well, even though the original pitch was gone elsewhere. So. And just to pick you up on the, on the thing about timing. So, you know, everybody works in different cycles. The gossies tend to work sort of two months ahead mm -hmm. of you know, we'll be talking of preparing Valentine's Day before the before Christmas has happened. So when we're working on Christmas issue, it's usually happening back in October. So it makes a lot of sense if you're a, a glossy reader, but it'd be the same with the weekly. The, 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 it makes sense to even put in a call to the office and say, when do you, when, when do you go to press? The, the newspaper magazines often print midweek. So yeah, we print them um, for Saturday on a Tuesday, which most people don't know. So... We get a lot of, uh, more from PRs, a lot of people mm. kind of bring it on Friday saying, can you put this in tomorrow's paper? Unfortunately, it's five days printed at that stage, yeah. Um, and the other thing is, like, I mean, I get a rake of emails every January where people pitch me um, things out of the Young Scientist competition. I'm like, it, it's done. It, you know, it, it's done by the time you're pitching. It'll be yeah. over by the time you've written the piece. And two to three weeks before I could possibly get it in. So the time to pitch me the Young Scientist is September. Yeah, and, and also with, with timing, um, and this is more, more relevant on the glossies, but what, well, certainly we got a print days, and in magazine land we get the luxury of calling it print week. So you, um, yeah, we've got a whole month, you know, we do nothing the rest of the other three weeks, not like you guys. But we, on, on print week or print day, you don't, you don't get near your inbox, you don't get near your emails. Um, and you're pretty frazzled in the in the run up to it as well. So, if 
make the phone call and say, when are, when are, when's the issue going to press? Don't send your email that day. And I would recommend the glossies don't send your email the day after because often uh, teams are working late and they might take more than an offer and not come in. So they're not looking for fresh ideas. They mightn't be having their editorial meeting for a couple of days after they're gone to press anyway. So I'd say wait for Sorry, the luxury, hilarious. the luxury, yeah. Uh, the um, morning after we go to press, we're, we're loading everything for the web. So we're actually involved. It's admin day. So it's the same thing, but not because we're but not for the morning. But not but, uh, so you, you know, the we're not straight either. into the yeah. next edition. No. So, so, so we give it the pitch. So just well, you go well, the say I print on weekend, I print on a Tuesday. So ideally Thursday and Friday are the days that I'm on. So you'd like to receive pitches yeah, on Thursday, yeah. Thursday, Friday. Tuesday you won't answer email. Yeah. And the problem is that another two hundred have come in. Yeah by the time you actually get round to them, so you're trying to go through it really quickly. So, um, yeah, no, it's the same. Yeah, same with the glasses. Yeah, yeah if, you, if, if, if you see Image Magazine hit, hit the shelves, you know, that's a good time to send a pitch, because it means the team have just put that one to bed and are starting yeah. into the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, just, after the just pay, the paying attention. Yeah. And, and yeah. you're not expected to know. You can't see a magazine in the shop and know it only landed there yesterday. It could be yeah. sitting on shelf for two weeks. So just pick up the phone, like, just, just yeah. ring reception and just say, just wondering when you guys go to press in your next copy. I mean, we get phone calls like that all the time from whether it's advertising agencies and PR agencies. Nobody's going to say, why? Who are you? What's your interest? You know, it's, it's, it's a pretty standard yeah. industry question. So, t yeah, make you know, if you're going to craft a pitch, put the effort in, make sure it gets to the right person at a good time. Um, and lastly, what I really feel is so important, spell check your pitch. It's, I won't, I just won't commission somebody who can't use grammar properly. I have no problem, we all mistype spellings, like, uh, we all mistype words, okay, that's just typing, that happens. Um, we even spell check words where letters are transposed and they have a different meaning. That can happen, but, but, but sloppy, sloppy writing and sloppy grammar. Th this is your calling card. You get one chance to make an impression as a, as a new introduction. So make the right impression, because if you can't be bothered to, to perfect that 20 line email or 10 line email, what's that saying to an editor? It's like, I'm not careful, I'm not accurate, and maybe I'm a bit slapdash. And for me, that's not a recommendation. For me, I'm going to go, okay, well, I don't like your style, and it doesn't instill confidence, so I will, I will move on and go, yeah, sorry. And I think probably it's probably the same as setting a CV in for a job. You know, you, you spell check, we like to think people spell check their yeah. CVs as well. And also, I think a lot of people are, are, have have the wrong spell checker set on word. They oh have the yeah. US yeah. instead of the Irish Absolutely. UK one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's very yeah. true. Yeah, we get lots of recognised and said uh, inquiries and yeah. inquiries and missing yeah. news. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, that was my list of do's. I have a list of don'ts here. Yeah, go, 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 go. You go suspect some of what I would say awesome. are possibly just sort of relevant to me because I have a very specific way of editing. Um, I worked in the Irish Daily Mail for a long time. Um, people are not necessarily fans of the Daily Mail. Uh, the product in Ireland is very different to the product in the UK. Um, and it's a brilliant learning ground. Um, you know, that they will teach you how to do things properly. It comes from a much bigger setup. Um, and so if anybody ever does work there, you know, they're a nice team, it's be nice with them. Uh, lovely team, but actually in terms of, you know, training, they're, they're, there's a system and it, it works, it gets results. Um, their features, which would be my side of things, are, you know, very, very specific. So 
one of the biggest things I would say, and this might just be for me rather than for you, but I don't like to get a pitch where the piece is already written. Yeah, um, I would good. like you to pitch me the idea, not a finished piece. Um, I get a lot of finished pieces in, and I find that if I'm interested in the subject, I'm going back to the people and saying, yeah, I think this could work for us, but you need to get it into our style, so we have a certain way of writing, we have a certain audience that we're addressing, I will know that we've already mentioned this piece or this piece was in the news during the week, you might want to tie in this person, that expert is great to talk to on this. Um, and I find generally when somebody has already made the effort to write the piece that they're kind of going, oh well, you know, I've already done the work. Um, and so it, I find that it's hard to shop, certainly in, in both publications that I've worked for, it's been hard to, to sell a finished piece. Um, the other thing is a lot of people who write kind of maybe first-person or opinion-led finished pieces will be seven or eight hundred words. It takes nearly 3,000 words to fill two pages in Weekend Magazine. It's, it, there's a lot of words going on. Um, so if you've already written a piece, it's very, very hard to start padding by triple the length of yeah. what it was originally. So for me, I would say don't have it written already. It's all the, the do's and don'ts, isn't it? That's <laughs> Sorry, yeah. do pitch the idea, yeah. not don't write. Um, and I would say as well, like be willing to take direction. A lot of people aren't. Um, if I'm engaged with an idea, what I need out of it is the best for my publication, but I also want to make you look good. Um, I am a group, we have an editorial hub. There's um, six commissioning editors in it. We read each other's products constantly, and you're like, oh, who's she? She was really good. Yeah. Who, who's that guy? Where'd you get them? There, there's an endless appetite for new names. And we want you guys things. to make us look good. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. To, to and you go, this is my little find. Yeah. <laughs> Who emailed me? But, um, you know, so I think, well, I can't remember what my original point was there now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the hope. Oh, yeah, that, the, that there's many, many commissioning editors. So sometimes when you get a fine idea and you'll, you'll pass it on, but, you know, if, if there's a kernel of an idea there and you're willing to take direction on it, then we'll pass it on. We'll pass your contacts on as well. If you're not willing to take direction and somebody says to me, what were they like to work with? And you go, um, precious. Precious is always the word. Um, they're a bit precious. And, and you won't get the work out of it. And it, it's, it's hard. I know it for myself. It's really hard. Like, I've been, especially at the mail, I have torn pieces to shreds. I've taken the quotes out and torn, taken every other bit of writing and thrown it out and rewritten things, which is not a nice thing to do to somebody's work. But it was the system in that newspaper um, for a long time and it's horrible with them when somebody does it to you and I'm going, what are you talking about? I've been rewriting features for 15 years. Why would somebody rewrite mine? But you always have to be mindful that you are, it, it's a product, we own a product, it has a tone, it has an audience and those things I don't expect you to know but I do expect that you'll be willing to work with me to achieve that and I find some people are not willing to sort of take direction on that front. But that message, the, just that important message then is not um, to, to and it, that message was um, in the previous talk as well, Lyra actually said it, don't send a whole article, but send a really well written pitch that encapsulates yeah. it. See, in, I, in I'm, a very kind well of way. I'm a bit different on that because yeah. I'm more the sort of three, three line pitches, three that's line. what I love. Yeah. I'm like, top line, here's the subject, here's who I'm thinking of talking about. And Would then you? two others. And um, three is great because you get through it. If you send me 10 or 20 pitches, I think I'll print that out and I'll go through them in detail later and then I don't get the time to do it. Um, if you send me one idea, I hate going back to you saying, oh, 
that's just not the right idea for us, but maybe you have others that are. So what's the optimum number of ideas then? I, I, I'm, I like three. Three, but three. <laughs> that could just three. be me. Yeah. Um, and, and the shorter the better for me. You know, we, we work on editorial lines where I have to sell things back to my editor, my overall editor. Um, I have to say that I want my magazine on the front of the paper on a Saturday, so I need to be able to give the short, snappy line mm -hmm. that's going to things. So that helps me write the headline. Yeah. Every, everything starts with that pitch for me. And I like them short and snappy, but that's not necessarily the way And would you like a short and snappy pitch from a newbie who you've no relationship yeah. with? Yeah? yeah. Well, okay, okay. So what I what I, I have done here is one of the things not to do is don't rush your pitch. So you know, if you have this idea and you feel passionate about writing it, you you would give it time to incubate. Don't just say, Oh, that's a great idea and bang it down and send it off. I, I used the word craft earlier. I think you need to craft a pitch. And I've been known to take a half an hour to craft a pitch to the Irish Times because I, I wanted to absolutely, maybe I only have three or four sentences, but I know I have to absolutely nail the, the essence of the piece, why, why it's relevant why, and why it's going to be a good read. And if you think about the kind of stuff that you share on social media, the kind of links that you pass on to friends, it's because it's resonated with you, and as a reader, you've taken something away from it. Maybe it's a personal thing, maybe it's a wow, that's crazy story. But when you're crafting a pitch, you know, ask yourself, why do I want to write this story, and what's a reader going to get out of it? What's the take home for that reader? When you process those thoughts in your head, put that into your pitch as as concisely as possible. You know, if if you can say. Obviously, you're not going to spell it, and I think a reader is going to feel this after reading it. But if you can generate, uh, or if you can um, uh, reflect the sort of excitement or the or the uh, em emotional impact that it might have on a reader, it, it shows that you know you haven't just come up with this idea. That uh, everything's a story, but if you if you can can give it a beginning, a middle, and an end in your pitch, it's a much. I, I feel it's a much more attractive mm. than just a than just a team so you, you know you can kill you can actually kill a, your brilliant story idea with a badly written pitch mm. so you can have a brilliant idea if you, really you need to you need to work on a pitch i honestly believe in, in spending 20 i don't think it's a waste of my time to spend 20 30 minutes writing a pitch for, on it for a single feature just i write it and then i'll go back to it and i'll read it again Oh do you know I said that the work is done so if that editor doesn't take it it's ready to be sent to the next person or it's ready to to sit in your hell file of ideas where you go back to it and yeah. we all do it by lists that go back years and, yeah. and then you suddenly go oh, didn't we have and if you've already worked out the brief for yourself then you know yeah. where you wanted to take it That's right. and when the right time comes up it's not a waste of work to, it's to a framework for you to have you've already yeah, sort of started your feature in your head or started yeah, your piece right. in your head. So. And I find actually that I've found Twitter has been really good for that because Twitter has made us all have to pull out all the superfluous and just, you know, nail the thought in I know I know we've got double the space now, but Twitter has been really good for making us just nail what we want to say in in, in shorter sound bites. So from that point of view I think uh, you know, maybe transfer the, the Twitter writing skills into the pitching. Um, and the other side of that is don't over-egg your pitch either. We don't want superlatives. And, uh, I get a lot of pitches with people saying things like, Saoirse Ronan, she'd be great. I'm like, she would be great. Of course, she's here. She's in LA at the moment. She's Oscar nominated. Um, I, I don't like people who over-promise. And it, it, oh. it's celebrity interviews a lot of the time um, for Lifestyle magazine. If you've no hope in hell of getting the people, then, you know, come to me and say, here's my idea. And also, I'm chasing up these people, you know, you, you 
apply like everybody else that's what I do I get onto their PR or to their agent and say hey do you want to give us an interview um, and, and it does work sometimes but it's frustrating when somebody says um, would you fancy an interview with Sir Sharonan and I think great this person has this lined up and then they come back in you know eight weeks when the PR answer and say oh yeah they said no yeah that, that happens a lot um, you get a lot young, of notes. sorry but for young people say starting out like I see we have a group of young students mm. here from Rock Mines School of Journalism so I mean maybe some of them do know famous people um, I don't know uh, <laughs> it'd be great if you do come <laughs> and talk to me no but, but, but what I mean yeah. more is I mean you know if you if you have the interview yeah. lined up oh, yeah. then by yeah. all means go out and sell it to but the world but if you if no you're unknown. just thinking yeah. of somebody who's very unobtainable and think they'd be a great interview yeah. it, it doesn't reflect well on you to pitch that you know if you go say I could get an interview with, I don't know, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> like, so could anyone on Twitter. Um, but they could know people who aren't well known, who, but who are very newsworthy. Maybe that's should that's, a, much better, that's yeah. a much better thing. Yeah. I think sometimes because lifestyle things, and I don't know if it's the same with the glasses, but certainly for me, people think that they need to pitch me kind of superstars. And I've, I've been doing this for a while, and I know how hard those people are to get. And I'm ringing them up going, I have half a million readers. And they're going, Ireland, really? It's tiny. Mm. No, they won't be doing any press them. So I know what that's like coming with, you know, the the backing of the newspaper behind me. So then I know how hard it is for for people who maybe don't have, you don't have a great online presence. That you know tend to not be interested. And you know, if it's something you want to get into, it is an area you have to work hard at. But a lot of times, even if you do manage to make contact with a celebrity, um, and and I mean kind of the top level people. I'm not I mean I mean Sir Sharon's obviously a nice Irish example, but I do mean kind of a lot of the international people. Even if they are doing press, they might not take you on because they want to see your track record. And it's one of those chicken and eggs. They want you to interview loads of celebrities before they'll talk to you. I'm sure how do you start that? But um, it can be frustrating when people pitch. I was pitched um, as a, an international blogger a while ago. Um, a person who I, I in my na- naivety wouldn't have thought would be as fussy as they were, but a, a good story. And then... It was, it was pitched to me as if it was in the bag, like this was already done. She talks about this, she talks about that, here are some good quotes. And then it turns out that those were all things that had been said in other interviews. Um, that the person was telling me, you know, she has spoken about this, she has spoken about that. And I was like, okay. But again, I kind of put time and effort into replying to this person and saying, I'd love this sort of thing. We'll need these type of photos, we'll need to this amount of work. You know, you put a lot of work into it. And then when actually they say, oh, sorry, they said no. Oh well, I didn't realise this was something you were chasing up. I thought this was pitched to me as something you already had in the bag, and that, uh, again, you know, you're you're looking for reliability and to make your life easy. So that hasn't been a freelance that I've gone back to because I felt that they kind of misled me. To be honest with you, so don't pitch something you're chasing up. But but you can just say I'm chasing it. Oh, you know what I mean? That's yeah, fine. And right. say I think yeah. this person's really interesting, and I'm chasing it. And I'll say great, come back to me if you get that. But it's, it's to say, oh, they've spoken about this, that, and the other, and then realise they haven't spoken to you about it. it it's just not the cleverest thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would also like to add, um, please, I know it seems hard to break into the industry, especially for young people and the graduates coming through. Please don't give me a brilliant story idea and then offer it to me for free. Ever. Mm-hmm. Don't get paid for your work. Don't pitch your work for free. For, for so many reasons. But, yeah, I mean, the main one is you're, you're undermining yourself. You know, there are places to pay out there. I, I, 
and and I see you know fighting for space with young people coming up. We read it all over the the um, the media and journalism, the Facebook forum. Um, you know, people saying just write for free, write for free. I think that's different on an internship, certainly. But don't don't send, don't put together a damn good story idea and then at the end of your email go, um, I'm happy to do this for non-payment. Because number one, as an editor, even though I might have tiny budgets, I'm not happy to take it on. And number two, I'm also a freelancer. So while I have my job on the bridal magazine I've been doing it for 12 years but I'm actually a freelancer I invoice for my work I, I'm not on a contract I don't have any of those benefits I'm a freelancer so I write for other people I write, I write for Lesbian I write for Image I write for Irish Tatler and I don't want to know that you're sending in a pitch offering free work when I'm expecting to get paid because there are um, organisa organisations out there who will take your work and frankly I think it's killing the industry. So be proud of, be proud of your work and don't, don't undermine yourself and as I say you could be pitching to a freelance editor like me and it's an absolute turn off and thinking well especially with travel writing so I do a lot of travel writing and I do it again for the Indo and also for the Business Post, for Food and Wine magazine and Image. And I expect to get paid. I've had people ask me to write trips for free. I won't write for them. I won't sit down and put go on a trip and write the copy up for free because, first of all, I think I'm better than that and I know that I can get paid for it. But if you come to me and you've been on a lovely trip and you say, um, and you can have it for free, because maybe you, owe, maybe you owe it to the PR companies to get it placed somewhere, I'm sorry, I'm not interested because you're you're actually going up against me in competition. So mm -hmm. don't don't undermine yourself. I, I wouldn't have the, the freelance kind of conflictedness there, but mm. I don't tend to take free pieces. Um, very rarely, I just think people deserve to be paid for their work, mm. and that's it. And if you devalue yourself, as you say from the outset, um, people will come back to you, and 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 they're never going to want to pay you if you started off on the basis. But I do yeah. think that some things you can, you know prepared to start at a low rate and if you're consistently good the, the way the industry's gone certainly you know when, when I started as a commissioning editor it would have been 2006 when I was kind of starting and I had so much money to play with I had more money in a week than I have in a month now um, for uh, you know I had to do I think maybe 15 pages a week then I do 64 pages a week now with a quarter of the old budget and that, that's moving between two products but you know what I can tend to offer people is if they're reliable and they're consistent, it's little but often. Yeah. And you know, you will come back and wherever you can find an extra and, and our rates wouldn't be pro rather, they're not set. Um it's it's where I can find an extra bit of money in my budget this month and then I go, God, that person's been doing loads for me and they're really good and I'll throw an extra hundred quid on where I can. Um but I yeah. mean even if you do it for fifty euro, don't do it for free. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Take take fifty euro. You know, haggle if you have to, but don't go for free. And and also, guys, you know, don't. Sorry, uh, just yeah, sorry. Go with the trips and stuff, don't make promises. Um, I don't promise. Um, a lot of people would only want to give me an interview if it's going to be the cover of the magazine. <laughs> I can't promise that. <laughs> I I can't promise that something else massively newsy won't happen in the in between. Um, something yeah. better that somebody, you know, everybody has a boss that somebody at a higher level to me won't go. Oh, I hate them. Take it off. Um, so particularly with things like you know um, sort of trips or with you know if people are kind of maybe getting into the fashion and beauty end of things there is a bit of give and take you really need to be transparent and don't don't make any promises mm. you just put them on to the editor and 
and, yeah. and say you sort out that and I'll haggle with them and you know a lot of time it'll be as simple as they want one product photo featured with your your uh, feature or whatever it is that's no problem but there is a kind of set rules that we follow and we'll work that out but never ever make a promise you can't keep because you'll burn your bridges about with the editor and with the PR or the, the company which just is, is it's not a great way to operate. Unfortunately it does happen sometimes to freelancers and even with the you know the likes of, of the Irish Times where they'll commission you to pitch them a trip you're going on you go back to the PR agency and say great I've got a commission of the Irish Times magazine they'll go away he'll write the piece and then it doesn't appear in print now it hasn't happened to me personally but it's happened to somebody very close to me and um, they ended up looking really bad and unprofessional, but they delivered their end of the bargain. So, I mean, it, it, it can I happen have, a few I have you. spiked hundreds of pieces. Um, yeah. It's terrible, but it happens, and it's not anything to do with the piece, usually. Mm. Um, it's to do with the mix in any given week, mm -hmm. and, and like that's something new that can happen. Um, you know, your magazine, was it magazine journals, but you know, in, in the mail, I would have worked just in the newspaper. And even on a daily thing, you know, stuff happens, pieces don't fit, something else comes out during the week or in an arrival publication that's too similar. Yeah. There's so many things. Now, I personally pay people when they file, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that they're paid for it. And if it never appears, well, that's my business. And I, I feel sorry for anybody that I've had to say, I'm sorry, this piece is never actually going to run. Um, but once I've paid for it, I don't feel as bad about it. Um, but yeah, it is but certainly something to, to look out for as a freelancer. Yeah, occasionally if something is, is really good, I'll say to the people, if you prefer to take it back and repitch it elsewhere, it's just yeah. not going to work for us. And, you know, give them the option of either being paid for it by us or to take it elsewhere and see if they can get it. And, you know, if you've talked to people, it, it, it's hard when you've talked to, interviewed people, particularly mm. people who are maybe not in the media generally, and then you've got their photo taken thing, and then it never appears yeah. in the paper. It is hard. And I've done it. I've been the person to interview those people. You feel so bad when you're like, yeah, I know you told your mum you were going to be in the newspaper, but <laughs> yeah. it's not going to happen. But yes, I just promises them. And but sometimes papers then put stories online. You know, you're expected to see it in print, and then you might see it online. Uh, for the Irish Independent, I can only really speak for yeah. the online entity is very separate. What people look for in a weekend magazine, as opposed to what people mm. look for online, is a vastly, vastly different scenario. Yeah. And um, so I'm only writing for the magazine. Um, I'm only looking at that as an editorial point of view. Now, 98% of our content goes up online as well because it's quite lifestyle and it's quite general. But I mean, much as I'd love to con myself, people probably don't wear it, read yeah. a couple of thousand words online. online so it is a very different entity. Yeah. So, yeah, on occasion, I could say, look, I think this is good and we don't have space for it. Could you put it up? But I'd always try and, and place it elsewhere within the yeah. print first. Um, but ultimately, all I'm doing is pitching your piece to the online editors. It's a it's a separate editorial, so I don't say stick that up for me, would you? It's more like here's a piece for your consideration. We thought it was great, and they go, well, you didn't run it. You didn't think it was that great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Julian, have you used up all your notes there? Have you? Well, I'm probably going to want to finish up. Good, great. Don't give up with one rejection. Yes. Don't, yes. don't don't go. Oh, they didn't like me. Maybe we didn't like your idea, maybe it came around the wrong day. Maybe we don't have room for something like that at the moment. And maybe we loved your idea and we're just too bloody busy and we never even got to reply to it. A, a non-reply... Yeah, could consider a non-reply or rejection. No, Email the next week not. And the next week. Yeah. And the next week, just saying, did you see that? Did you see that? And then the guilt grows on this, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. God, I have yeah. done to that person. Yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Non-answered email is yeah. definitely not a rejection, no. Um, and, you know, we, we wouldn't have... 
lots of wonderful writers in the world if they'd given up after after the first rejection. So even if you say, sorry, that's not right, you've actually opened the door to, to communication. Mm. And it takes me back to the one thing that you do. Absolutely network in this business. We're all about people and, and communication. I mean, that's that's our industry. So network, go to events you're invited to, ask your buddy who works at the paper to introduce you to an editor, go follow them on Twitter, go comment on their stories. There's a difference between doing this professionally and stalking, I hate <laughs> to add. So don't be, you know, don't be that person, like, 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 but, but interact at a, you know, at a professional level so that your name stands out, so that when maybe you send your next picture, you go, oh, I think she commented on that, on that Twitter story I had, or if, if Instagram is your choice, whatever. But I don't know if you if you yeah, agree. You know if you and let's say you you're starting out. You're maybe interning at a you know a website or a publication. You get sent to an event. You meet an editor. Drop, don't be afraid to drop them a line and say, "Really nice to meet you." That's all. You're just opening a door. You're not being pushy. You don't have an idea to sell them. Just say, "I was really delighted to bump into you yesterday." That means the next time you send an email, your name is going to jump out from maybe the ten other emails we got from people with absolutely no connection with. So. Oh, I thought I turned it off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't, don't, sure, I turned it off. I'm sorry. If I, if I kind of one final thing to say, I'd yeah. say pitch features. Features are a quarter to a half of most uh, media outputs. It doesn't matter what the format is, if it's radio, if it's print, if it's magazine, whatever it is. Like, I, I find so many people, and maybe especially you know people are coming from the younger end scale, say, I want to be a sports writer, I want to be a fashion provider, or I want to be a news reporter. They're the three people I meet. Um, sports writers are the best feature writers going. They have an eye for detail. And features lets them develop that, lets them you know, learn how to write lyrically, learn how to write at length, um, and to really hone that eye for detail. And great writing is what will make you stand out in, in a print industry. It's also what can attract you to other industries if they say, God, that person really has a voice or an opinion. Um, and, and I find people don't really think of features a lot, they think of news, but you know, if, you, if you've gotten a good news story into the Irish Independent, the Irish Times, whoever it is, and you think, that was great, 400 words, but there's 2,000 more, you know, there's a much bigger story, pitch it, pitch it as a, a feature. Um, in the hub that I work in, we do two magazines, we do a health and living magazine, we do property, we do farming, um, you know, we do kind of education, we do so there's a huge area that falls into the features thing, uh, idea that I think people just kind of focus on the news end of things or as I say sports of fashion um, and don't really take advantage of the fact that there is a big and there's work, there's a big, big area in which there's work. So I would say even if your interest is specifically in news, think how can I pitch this as a feature as well? Even if you're you're interested in specifically in fashion or fashion blogging you know, if there's something trending, well, could you pitch this to sort of more traditional media as a, a bigger piece? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, pitch. Basically, <laughs> any questions, please? Yeah. Um, the gentleman with the cream jacket. Could you talk about rights for the job just for a moment? <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, I got paid 2,500 euro to write 2,000 words. Once upon a time, I got paid 75 euro to write 2,000 words. <laughs> There's that your thing. So the 2,500 euro days are long gone. It's just gone, unless you're writing for the New Yorker, and they really take on very few people. Um, I, 
I would think that at the average rate for certainly for features, and it's like probably speaking from the two publications that I've worked at, you're looking at anything, I would think, between 150 and maybe four to 500 euro, depending on the length of the piece, the amount of work that's involved in it for you, how many other people you have to speak to, whether it's going to take you. I mean, we're all cognizant of the fact that these things take time. Um, and having been a freelance myself, and you're, you're chasing people for days and days and days and talking to them and you know you talk to somebody for an hour and a half and you use five lines and it, it, it's it's awful <laughs> when you're doing that and then yeah. you go so I've just worked on that for 18 days and I got 75 <laughs> euro for yeah. you know it, you're working below minimum wage mm -hmm. and then you're taxed on top of that mm -hmm. and that's unfortunately the reality what I'd say as I said earlier what I can offer as as an editor is to try and do little and often for people um, if people are reliable if people you know, do a good job on things. I will try and find the money when I can, but it it's not stellar. And it, it you know, for a lot of people, I find a lot of people who write for me write part time, and they maybe have childcare or they have a you know something else going on. They might be doing a PR gig two days a week, and I'm writing part time on top of that. And it it is hard to sustain a living, but there is work there as well, and there will be an appetite for it. It's just. And getting getting actually paid is quite tough as getting well. Paid um, is you know, yeah, you you do the work and you have your your little you go and and get your little accounting copy, and you take write down everything you've done and you look down and, and this happened to me and I'm looking and I'm going great I've 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 made nearly ten thousand euro in three months, got paid zero and had to borrow my rent from my parents, which is really embarrassing. But I'm like I have the money coming to me, but. You have to be prepared to chase. Um, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And actually, the Irish Independent are quite good for yeah, paying absolutely, for freelancers. Yeah. Really good. Uh, we pay on a monthly uh, yeah. basis. So once you're uh, writing for us, you, you will be paid within four weeks. So could you talk about haggling mm -hmm. at all? Pardon? Do you negotiate as a freelance writer? Do, do you negotiate? Yeah. Or do you wait for the person to say, well, we're going to pay you so much? I would say if you pitch um, and somebody says they'll take it on, and I, I mean to do this as an editor, and then I don't do it every time, and, and then I guess, God, it's so stupid. I mean, don't be so thrilled with the pit, with, you know, with the commission that you don't ask any details, because I forget, but you, you should say, how many words would you like and what is your rate? Um, and there is a little bit of room for haggling, um, but ultimately, I will already have calculated what I have in my budget, how much I'm asking of you. If if I ring you and say, I would like you to do a phone interview for me, I've set it up. All you have to do is listen to the person write it down. Obviously there's a skill to the writing and skill to the research and I factor in how much time that will take. But ultimately I feel that I've done, you know, part of the work. I won't pay as much for that as if I've said, Could you go and get me an expert psychologist, an expert this, that and the other. So yeah, there there is room for haggle but it's small. Um but I would, I guess, maybe have that conversation initially. But yeah, but don't be afraid to. Yeah. Don't, don't be yeah. afraid to haggle up. Yeah. Really Next, this lady here. Yeah, I actually had a quite similar question, so it was kind it was of already, Yeah, it was um, mostly like, if it's more common in Ireland that the editors kind of give their rates or that the freelancer has to kind of say what the rate is, because I've had both. and. Now I work for like really different rates for different clients. Yeah, so. um, it's within organisations as well, there, there's quite a difference of rates. Mm -hmm. um, for me, Weekend Magazine is sort of a, I don't say higher end, but you know it's mm -hmm. got a heavier readership, so we have more money. Um, so you do a piece, 
same length for somebody who sits two feet away from me and I can afford to pay you a little bit more because I have a little bit more to pay. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a horrible reality, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's just the reality. And, and I would certainly say, you know, we're all watching our budgets, but I've never come across an editor who's looking to underspend. No. You want to pay yeah, people yeah. as much as you can because you want, you want their quality writing, you want their quality ideas, and you understand how much work goes into that. But the realities of what budgets are are not, not as good as they are. Uh, <laughs> I just that as an editor across multiple titles for multiple publishers, I have a stock of freelancers that I know mm. I can rely on and, and always deliver the goods. But I, I would have people, so much like you were saying there, I have a couple of people who would work across, say, two different magazines for me, and the, the rates would be quite different on them because mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a far bigger budget on one than the other. But a bit like you saying, little and often, is I'll give you the work you know you're going to get the work for me, but I can only pay you X and one, and I can pay you Y and the other. Yeah. So it's then up to you whether you're happy to work for Actually, the Actually, one thing that I meant to say in, in the pitching in general, so if, if you pitch me an idea and I take it on, and then I'd say deliver the feature before you pitch me something else. It's amazing how many people pitch you a second idea when they haven't written the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, two ideas and no copy. Um, but, you know, it's no hard to pitch your availability. Um, I am constantly setting up things and then I'm going to ring 10 freelancers to see who's free to do it. Um, so certainly, again, coming into it younger, you might have more time. So, you know, and if you have a car, nobody drives, nobody drives. If you have a car or you're willing to travel, that's great. So it's absolutely no harm to say, look, I'm freelancing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every week. Um, and, you know, I, I am mobile or, or just give an idea that, you know, I've nothing much coming up for the next few weeks or I have a clear week or whatever it is. Um, and if you, um, if you come across anything, the, People are not insulted by that. It's great for me. I think, oh yeah, that person said they're free. And and similarly, my freelancers will often say, I'm off for a week or I'm doing a project for a week or whatever, and I'll, I'll just note that and then I'll come back to them the following week as well. Okay. Um, this lady here with the grey jacket. Yeah, thanks. Thank you both very much. That, that was really interesting. Uh, the question I have is more from the PR, the PR point of view. Say you're not actually pitching for work as a journalist, but you want a story be covered and I'm not talking about tribe and showers or anything. Yeah. Tribe and are like ten yeah, yeah, they're I mean, amazing. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about, you know, say for example at the moment the um, the referendum is coming up. One uh, something I feel very strongly about is the fact that infertility issues are being bored in this country and the law needs changing there. And you know I'm desperately trying to get the media to cover mm. that story and my personal experience is a huge amount I could offer on it. Um, how do you go about doing something like that? Is that something that a, uh, an editor would want to cover? Or is that something you'd want to have a journalist write about and pitch you about? Or is that something you'd expect a press release to be sent in? Or how would you go about getting yeah. something like that across in the media? It, it, it's not issue-based. The problem with, with pitching a very wide issue is that you're pitching a very wide issue. So mm. even if it's from a PR point of view, I would feel find a story and pitch it as a story. Find a person to tell it through. And that you know, people connect to people no matter what it is, and the broader and the issue, and, you, and you'll see it in the referendum. That's why people are, are pulling it down. Sandra Marlin says this, and this person says that. It's because when you see people, you see a face, you see a thing. So I I would say trying to pitch this area is important. That's great, but you for me I would think, and here are five angles that are a way into it, you know, and and that does the editor's job for them, and um, and it also if I was to read something like that. From a PR end, I would possibly say this isn't going to work for me. We're quite light, mm. 
but you know that review news review who do much more kind of weighty topics might be something in there there might be something for our health section there might be and I say editors you know we read them and we pass them on nobody's going to turn down a good idea because it's not their area we do kind of communicate but I would say find a story I don't know yeah and I, I'd agree Leslie Ann about sometimes you come up with an idea and you think oh I could do it this way it'll work really well or I could do it this way and it could work really well so don't be afraid to put you know, two or three twists on the one topic mm. into a pitch because, you know, you, chances are maybe the one that you like the most isn't going to work for the editor. So throw, but work equally hard on the three on the three pieces. You know, so that th th each of the ideas is as solid as the one before. But would you expect? Uh, would would you have journalists able to write the story? Yeah, if you have. Yeah, I. I mean, the, the vast majority of stuff that I set up myself is. I don't. I'm, I don't know if it's it's just me, but a lot of the time I'm. I, I kind of did negotiating myself of what we're going to say, what we're expecting, and then I'll go and, and attach a project to a freelance. And, and that's why I was saying availability yeah. is great to know because, um. But I will kind of work out with <coughs> the person or the POR what it is they're trying to say thing how much you know you need to negotiate for the skepticism we need to be able to say this is an editorial thing so yeah. I, I've had pitches come in that were you know a piece that's written by a freelance on behalf of you know a commercial entity and, and we won't use those um, opinion pieces though that can be different if you pitch an opinion editor um, the wonderful Tom Coogan and, and um, the Irish Independent um, there's more room for somebody to state who they are and what their interest is within opinion pages, whereas in, in kind of more general features, you you really need to, from an editorial side, remove the agenda, um, which is why we'd be more likely to hire a freelance or to, to, or to send one of our own writers to, to do a piece on that one. Um, uh, the lady at the back there with the glasses. Sorry. Hi, uh, um, I was just wondering, um, for your specific publications um, that you work for, um, is there anything in general terms that you don't really get enough of that you wish, oh God, I wish we got more of this? Yes. And is there anything that you get just like, well, yeah, is there anything you get far too much of where you're just like, please don't send me any more of this ever again? Well, I, on the wedding magazine, I, I, um, I, I mean, I've edited for 12 years, that's four years, so uh, that we dropped one when we were rebranding, but that's an awful lot of wedding features and while it's cyclical and we pick up in newsreaders every year because you don't pick us up again once you've been down the aisle. We, <laughs> I hope not anyway. Um, so there's a bit of recycling goes on in certain themes but I, every day I log on I'm praying there's going to be a brilliant idea in my inbox from somebody I've never heard of, like a really clever take on wedding feature. They're still out there. I can see it online. There's still clever features out there that I haven't thought of. So uh, that that certainly, I mean, knock yourselves out with wedding pictures, guys. Because, <laughs> but but I don't I don't want I don't want one that I can put into Google and get a, get a page full of ten ten yeah. you know just, just versions of yeah. just for, a, fr a fresh for me, take. I don't get enough regional stuff. I get a lot of Dublin pitch to me. Um, the vast majority of my readership are outside Dublin, um, and so <laughs> I get yeah a, an awful lot of Dublin-based, Dublin restaurants, Dublin this, Dublin that, yeah. and, and I'm always looking for regional. Um, the other thing that people don't tend to pitch me, and I don't understand because it's what we do, is um, like quirky local stories. A great feature is actually doesn't really have to be about anything, but it could just be about a really interesting person. And there's loads of like little Dunkey. Irish businesses done good and. You know, really outstanding, interesting local characters that I think that 
when I see them as an editor, they're the things that I absolutely yeah. love. And it's off topic. It's I'm not going to be thinking, oh Jesus, does my rival publication have this on the same day as I will do? You know, I'll, I'll, if I have a a celebrity interview or a prominent person interviewed, I've negotiated exclusivity on it, um, which only about 20% of the time actually turns out to be exclusive. It's like, oh, I thought you meant for print. They're on the late, late tonight, sorry. <laughs> so um, it's great when I can get something off topic. So it, it's probably actually the smaller things that I don't get pitched enough and, and I'd like to see more of. Um, and there's nothing I'm sick of. No, well, parenting pieces, but... <laughs> You're so good. Hi. Thanks. You raised an interesting point earlier. Uh, <laughs> that if somebody had written a piece on behalf of a PR company, you wouldn't, wouldn't run it. So what kind of uh, uh, criteria do you, do you hold for pieces where somebody's gone on, some, for example, on a travel mm. piece where they, where they, it's all been comped yeah. by whomever? I mean, do you, would you run it if, the, if you said so up front, or would you not run it, or how, what's your policy? Well, so I, I write a lot of travel for Leslie Ann, but Leslie Ann has a the luxury of a travel editor in the newspaper. Oh, so I know I know he works in. Yeah. in we we do a lot of kind of pre-negotiation, and that makes it with anything I run, I I I will talk directly to the company, so that that takes the journalist out of that. So I will know what the message the company really want to get across, and it's give and take. They have a product. You want the reader to know about the product. They want the reader to know about the product. Um, and so you, you've got a lot of common ground, but you'll find, particularly in travel, or something, I don't know, maybe you think that, that a lot of time with travel, what people want to read about is the experience. Mm -hmm. Was the food good? Was the weather nice? Was the hotel nice? What a company wants to sell you is the corporate side of it, that we have X number of properties in X number of countries. We spent so much money refurbishing it, and the, the, a lot of time they'll push a corporate side. So I would tend to do the negotiations on what of that will we'll cover and it, it's kind of, there's no hard and fast rules a lot of the time it's what you're comfortable with and that sounds really childish but you've been doing it for a long time and you know yourself Ugh, that feels a bit like an ad mm. um, and, and then you step back and say look we're not comfortable with that I get personally for, for more general features rather than travel so Jenny says well, we have a travel editor who, who handles that stuff for us but um, going to write travel pieces I've never been asked to look at a specific thing unless it's maybe the hotel has a new menu or the hotel has a, you know, a spa or something that they want you to experience, you're under no obligation to include those things, certainly mm -hmm. not from our end. And right. We will have agreed that the website address and the price yeah. go at the end or a lot of time I'm asked to include a specific photograph. And again, I'll have talked and worked that out so that the journalist doesn't have to and then they can just go and have their honest opinion on it. Okay, I'm scanning the room here for another question. Yeah, hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two questions. Um, one, um, I work as a filmmaker sometimes and I go to things like uh, group interviews and master classes with celebrity actors and writers, including Saoirse <laughs> Ronan, a small room with her Fantastic. Like <laughs> now, what I'm wondering is like, if it's not a one-to-one -one interview and nobody's there really to cover it as a journalist, could I present a paper based on my impressions and what's been said? That's the first question. Oh, group interviews have been in my life. Um, it, it really depends on the person and the situation. For me, and this might not be general to all editors, um, you know, we have a, a Friday entertainment section and we will present an interview with a, a film star or whoever. And it's done on the basis we know that it's a group interview and that, you know, the quotes are, are not necessarily very quote led, um, that they might appear elsewhere. Um, I understand for people who do that, there's a lot of 
now a lot of pressure from the film companies as well. They're asking people that you you know produce a video piece, a radio piece, and uh, a print piece out of and something for the web from the same interview. So they're looking for four hits for their investment in you. I'm looking for exclusivity, and I don't want my quotes, and certainly not for for me because the magazine. I mean, we're weekly, but as I say, we work quite. A, it's a, it's a monster to get done in a week, so we're working long lead. And, and I send somebody to do an interview, and the quotes are online that day, mm -hmm. and then it's two weeks before people get to read it and go, well, "She said all that last week." And like, yeah, it was the same interview. So for me, I almost always go for uh, one on ones if I can get them. Um, and then in the instances where I take a group interview, I, I did one myself recently. Um, and I might take. Um, I'll write that as a bit of a normal person gets to meet celebrities so I put a lot of myself into it and I would ask anybody to do that you know a bit of the do they have a massive entourage were they being a diva and I know the film companies don't like that either but that's what will make it first of all the length that I need and then second of all that will just bring something new to it or different to it that makes it not be everybody else's piece but it, it's, a, it's a tough one because it's very hard to differentiate and there is I think maybe online more interest in just sort of those pieces because it's all about immediacy whereas for me because I don't have the leisure of, of kind of putting out that day I've got to wait a couple of weeks then I want to try and bring something unique to it myself. The second question is, suppose that I've submitted a, a pitch and you've taken the article and you don't use it could I take the same information, restructure it completely, do a completely different article and say the same person, the same subject, and send it somewhere else? I mean, you could, but I'd never employ you again. Uh, that's happened to me. I had somebody do uh, an interview for me, which I thought was on an exclusive visit, and I did use it. No, that, I say, if you're not using it, I did use it. Um, and then they sold the same interview elsewhere and um, it was really embarrassing for all concerned but I mean I'm getting it in the neck so I'm not going to go back to the same person who's called me it's not used at all, if it's not used it depends used. you know you could say look if you're not going to use it could I just take it elsewhere you know have that conversation with somebody mm -hmm. and take it elsewhere um, and a lot of editors like myself would release the original piece if, if I feel like I couldn't run it because I couldn't run it we're not in the habit of buying things to just hold. I mean, that that was the kind of old school thing. You buy something just so nobody else could have it, which <laughs> those days are gone. And, th and that's good because it's not fair. But um, it, that is a conversation you'd need to have with an individual editor. Um, but yeah, there's nothing stopping you. But because everything's online these days, it's a risky business. You're, you're devaluing your own content. Now, if you do an interview with Saoirse Ronan and you run a, f a full interview with Saoirse Ronan as written by you, and then later in a profile piece you say when I spoke to Saoirse and she gave me these quotes that's absolutely fine you know that that's still your experience and thing but to, to just reprint the same quotes in oh, a different yeah. order and I say it, I'm only saying it because it's happened to me so yeah. would you like if, if uh, you have uh, paid for something but you didn't use it um, would you like for the person to get in touch with you and say I'm thinking about submitting this article. It's on the same um, situation, but it's completely differently written, has a totally different focus and theme. And this is it. Would you mind if I submit? Yeah, I'd, I'd very much like to have that conversation. Usually, um, it just there's a lot of competition, you know, and and we're answerable to editors who are kind of going, why have they got that? And why don't you have that? A lot of the time, so they kind of go, oh, I thought they wrote that piece for you, and you go, oh, I haven't had a chance to run it yet, or thing. So yeah, I, I would like to have that conversation. Yeah. Okay, that's great. That was just unbelievably practical and valuable <laughs> advice. Um, <laughs> they were really nice. I learned, I I'm, <laughs> taking so I'm taking so many notes. I'm taking so many notes.
So can we have a round of applause then for Julian?